I have had so much rejection that I probably deal with rejection better than I deal with getting the job. Welcome back. I hope you've been good. And this is the second episode of the Bring In Podcast. I'm really impressed on myself that I've managed to keep up with what I said and release this every two weeks. So firstly, big up myself. <laughs> it's Camilla Rose, the host of the Bring In Podcast. And in case you didn't know, I'm a radio presenter, producer, and of course, the founder of the Bring In. And if you're looking to hear from some of my personal faves in the media industry, then you've come to the right place. The Bring In Podcast is all about lifting the lid on the tales, the stories and the experiences of those who are on their way, in my opinion, to be at the very top in their fields. I'm talking presenters, broadcasters, DJs, directors, journalists, writers and more. Basically anyone who I think you lot need to hear from and be inspired by. Now I know a lot of you are radio heads. I'm talking, you love making radio, you love listening to radio and of course presenting on the radio. And I know a big dream for you is to be on the radio. I'm talking on the radio big time. And today's guest has done just that. Today's episode of the Bring Podcast, we're going to be hearing from absolute broadcasting babe, Harriet Rose. I caught up with her at the end of last year. I know it's late. Please allow me. It's out now. <laughs> she is a radio presenter currently on the Kiss FM Breakfast Show. And she's put in those all important radio hours from Shoreditch Radio, Fubar Radio, and now the Kiss FM Breakfast Show. She's presented on your screens too with MTV and has interviewed legends like Zac Efron. This is Harriet Rose. So Harriet Rose, yeah. um, thank you so much for joining us today. I wanted to give you also congratulations because you've literally killed it. You're you're now on the Kiss FM Breakfast team, which is huge. So big up yourself. How, how are you feeling about that? Oh, thank you so much. And thank you so much for having me and asking me to be here. It's a real pleasure. It's mad, yeah, because... 2020 has been such a strange year and a really tough year for so many people. And um, at the beginning, it was it was it was a little bit strange for me because I did not work at all at all for about I think four or five months. I did a lot of and I ended up a bit like what you've done with this podcast. I I did a bath series <laughs> where I was like I need to create something at home. Because otherwise yeah. I'm going to, I just, I need to get my creativity out. So I created that. And then I ended up getting the kiss, which is, which is the kiss job on the breakfast show with the boys. And I, I honestly couldn't believe it. And I couldn't believe that what felt like the worst year I'd ever had turned into the best year. Um, but then I, but then I also look at that and I go, I am so lucky. I am so, so grateful that that opportunity came along because I know that so many people have struggled so hard in this year specifically, but equally it just made me think, because I've been doing this a long time, mm. um, and it just it, it, it made me want to scream from the rooftops, do not give up mm. to anybody, because I, and I honestly genuinely have never even nearly given up because I wanted it so much. But I've had moments where I've been like, is it going to happen? Like, if I don't give up, am I just going to constantly be... And I'm not saying I've made it. I'm not yeah. saying I'm like... But I've got my dream job um, and I, I want to do loads more and I want to create loads more, but I feel incredibly grateful and I just want anybody that is thinking about doing this kind of job and really feels and knows that it's their 
like vocation just to keep going because even in 2020 I managed to get a job honestly I love that you said so many things there which I really really like the main thing was the whole kind of keep going because it's so easy like when people kind of if someone comes across you now they'll think oh my god this girl she's doing this she's doing that she's done kids she's done some MTV and people really don't they forget or they don't acknowledge like all the years that have gone in prior to that and I know obviously it's been it's been a bit of a journey on um, FIBA radio for a while as well so was that your first like experience especially with radio and presenting it actually wasn't I when I I went to university and studied drama I thought I wanted to be an actor and then I realized I was rubbish um, <laughs> so many people I've spoken to have said he's just doing presenting that they wanted to be an actor and then it was yeah. like no yeah, I used to do like musical theatre at school and I loved it. And and what I learned was basically I'm really, really good at being a loud person, which is just yeah. who I am. So I remember my teacher in my last year of uni was like, you're only good at doing an exaggerated version of yourself. And I was like, oh, okay. So it's not actually acting. I'm just being me, me. but a bit louder on stage. So um, I was like, well, what job? Does that I do? do? And, I, and I was like, well, I love music. I love talking to people. So presenting was like the next thing. And so I used to go around with like at the time with my iPad and like shove it in my mate's faces because I went to Goldsmiths, which is oh, an yeah. incredibly creative uni. Like I think James Blake was in the year above me. I didn't know him, but there were so many amazing people. that like, I had loads of mates in bands and stuff. So I used to just go and interview them. And then I... Um, and then I, I contacted Shoreditch Radio and Delroy, who runs it, who is the most wonderful guy. Um, he just gave me a show and I did everything myself. He just literally said, here you go, do what you want with it. Um, and I, because I wanted it so much, I took this like opportunity and I was like, right. He gave me this show and it was, it was, um, it was, it was, it was kind of one of those things where it was like, you make of it what you want to make of it. You can either just do a show and have a bit of fun yeah. or I, but I went into overdrive and I was like thinking of different, um, like show ideas, how I could make it individual. And I came up with a concept called London sound, which ended up being like the sound of London. And I was like interviewing people and it wasn't necessarily just UK based artists. It was people who kind of like loved the city and enjoyed the vibe and the energy. And it was, and I remember I just tried to become friends with all the PRs and like get good connections. Cause number one, it's really nice to be friends with everybody and like have a lovely working relationship with people. Um, and number two, it, it was, it stood me in great stead for, you know, I ended up getting Rita Aura on my show. That is on, mad. On, on Shoreditch Radio. Yeah, it was. And at the time I was like, uh, are you sure? And they and and like and it happened and it was amazing and 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 so my start was in Shoreditch Radio and it was really wonderful experience. Delroy gave me the reins to just do whatever I wanted with my show. He helped me hook me up with all these contacts, which I still have to this mm. day, of people, PRs, radio pluggers, um, and uh, and then I got the job at Fubar um, and I was there for I think four years and they were amazing as well like honestly I've had it I've been really lucky in that I, I then worked with a, such an incredible team at FUBAR um my producer Nat and the rest of my team I, I originally worked with a girl called Abby and then the team progressed and, and and changed and it just became it was it was like home and it was a real family um environment and we got to do incredible interviews uh, like with massive 
stars mm. and they they again we played around with features and and I really sort of it was like my playground to like develop and um and learn so much so I'm so so grateful to both Shoreditch Radio and Fubar Radio and I'm still in touch with everybody um from there as well which is lovely and then I got Kiss which was just mad I, I still can't actually believe that I I don't actually believe that anyone's listening <laughs> you're like no is it really is it still happening is it is it going yeah well yeah yeah like like I was having a conversation with my producer the other day and he was like talking about the amount of people that listen to the retro show and I was like no <laughs> what you think is lying <laughs> yeah I was like no because it, it, when you're in that studio it feels like there's 10 it's just you and them mm. it's like me and my mates doing a radio show and, and no one's listening that's what it feels that's like that's the beauty of radio though right that you you should be able to make it feel like it's just me and my friends we're having we're just we're just doing whatever we're doing and yeah if someone's listening great if no one's listening yeah, yeah. <laughs> even better <laughs> I, I, I think you're so right babe because actually that's how I've that's how I felt from the very, very beginning is that because I don't I would love to know if anyone other than my mum and my best mate and my girlfriend at the time listened to my Shoreditch radio show. I think <laughs> Delroy listened to it because he had to. Just double check. Um, oh, is it going out? But Yeah, yeah, literally. Um, but honestly, I, I think I think it was it's one of those things that I still am in that mindset of no one's listening. And it does calm you a yeah. bit because I think there is a few people listening to, to Kiss. Do you remember like the, your first links you did back on like Shoreditch Radio? Because I feel like you're quite, you're, you're naturally quite a confident person, but did you ever get that kind of nervousness? Like as soon as the mic went up, you started like talking super fast or just sounding like listening back to yourself. Like I listened back to a show I done about four years ago and I was like, it doesn't even sound like how I speak now. I don't know what I was doing, but it sounded terrible. So do you, did you have that moment where you listen back to those early shows and you just cringed? Do you know what? Um, 100%. I, but I used to, I was a bit of a sadomasochist in the sense that I, I think that's the right word. I hope that's the right word. Um, it's a bit kinky, but I think it's the right word. Okay. <laughs> this is definitely not, a, I'm not about to say something weird and kinky. Um, uh, no, um, that that I used to force myself every show to listen back. And I'd be like, oh, I hated it. hate listening back to myself. I, I think I listened back to not, over four years of FUBAR. I think I listened back to 90% of my episodes because I was I wanted to be better so much that I was like, and I truly believe that if you don't listen back to your shows in those stages you're never going to learn because I, I remember this one point where I was like, Oh, I feel like I'm really smashing it. <laughs> it was like year two of FUBAR. And I remember listening back to one of my shows and being like, Oh my gosh, that is not good. And it was, and it was like you say, it's things like talking too fast, speaking over people, speaking over yourself. Um, because there's always room to learn and, and develop that because you're going to go into every show with a different energy. I think specifically memory wise with Shoreditch, it was pre-recorded. So it wasn't live. So it was a bit of a different energy. Whereas FUBAR was live. And I, I know for a fact that there were segments that I did on FUBAR that were, I would guess more, sometimes I do like serious stuff mm. and I would be like, because, <laughs> because I'd be so nervous to to do it well that I would 
that I wouldn't re- that I wasn't relaxed but in a way that's now helped me because I know that helped me massively with interviewing people because if you go into it with a mindset of it being a big deal then it is a big deal and then it comes across like it's a big deal for you whereas I think I try now and go into things like I'm going into the shop to buy that's not you know it's not quite correct but like I try to look at everything as like a linear it's like everything Mm. is the same and everything is just all I want to do is make the person I'm talking to really comfortable really happy really having fun and it's exactly the same as the as the show I want everyone to just have a nice time and I think that is kind of what I try to achieve but so many bad so many bad links so many bad shows I used to um, with the the faders and stuff like with all of the the board what do you call it the re- i mean the, listen to me faders, i'm like the yeah the, 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 faders, the, the desk the desk the yeah, driving the desk, thing that's yeah, it yeah. the desk when i was driving because i can drive the desk and i do drive the desk i did drive the desk on fubar um jordan drives the desk on kiss obviously because i'm i'm not that the boys are in control you know they're the they're the <laughs> they're, they're the ones that actually know what they're doing um but um but on on fubar i uh, drove the desk and the amount of times that i would leave the mic up or put the mic up when I wasn't meant to. I remember one time I had the mic up and I said something. I was like, guys, what's going on? Because something was going wrong. Mm. And on live on air, I just shouted, guys, what's going on? And then I was like, slowly pulled the mic down. But yeah, it's, you know, so many of those, but those are what, those are A, what makes the show really funny. And B, (laughs) what teaches you to like do better next time. I think that's especially for a listener. I think those things are what make like are what make radio kind of fun, and it makes it sort of like, oh, did you hear that time when this happened, or Harriet messed up with, with this, and not in a bad way, but I think it just yeah. makes listeners think you're human at the end of the day because you know it's, it, they are radio is meant to be you know your mate you're listening to having and having a chat and stuff. I feel like with your um one thing you've also said as well is how kind of important networking is and how you're quite good at you know making contacts with people I personally hate networking it's I'm like oh my god do I have to do this do I have to speak to that person are you the same or are you kind of the complete opposite you know what I my personality I'm a massive extrovert with like a dabble it's a weird (laughs) thing because like I'm I'm a Leo um which is Mm. like yeah super extrovert but then I come home and I just I'm like staring at the wall, not saying anything, because I've like used up all my extra. Yeah. Um, so in lockdown, it was pretty intense because I was just walking around the house talking to myself because I had nobody else to like extrovert that energy to. But um, in terms of networking, I basically, I hate that word. And I know what you mean. The yeah. idea of like networking is like the worst. But what I find is I... I don't see it as that. I just see it as making friends. And I, there is nothing more that I love than making new people and making friends. That is my, that's why I think my favorite thing about doing radio is interviews, um, interviewing people. And it's, and so it links with that for me is that I, I can't do any job, any show, any work, without wanting to be friends with the people I'm working with. Cause I just want that connection. I want that, I feel like it makes the energy in the room so much more relaxed. So for me, networking is just going out and having fun and meeting new people. Um, But I do know what you mean. Like I've been to so many events alone 
um, mm. in the early days, which by the way, for people listening to you have to do it. Obviously not right now. We're not in it. We're in a pandemic, but um, don't go to any events at all. <laughs> please. Really have, basically. <laughs> yeah, please. Um, but, but it, you know, when, when things that's normal, like that's the one thing I would say, I would, I think my um, work with MTV was sparked by an event I went to that I, the reason I didn't want to go was because I was so nervous to go on my own. It was an amazing event that my friend Carla Marie was running. And um, it was a girl's irate, which is her um, like charity organization. Oh, yeah, supports- I know Carla. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and she'd invited me and it was on a boat. And I was like, oh my God, I'm so nervous. I'm going on my own. And I don't know anybody but Carla and she's going to be busy. And I went there and I met this group of like incredible women who I'm friends with all of them to say. And my friend Bianca was one of them and she worked at MTV. And that's how I ended up working with MTV because we met and we chatted and uh, we just remained friends for years afterwards. And then a couple of years later, after that meeting, she just said, oh, I've got this project. Do you fancy coming in and working on it? And that was that. And, and, and so I, and I didn't want to go to that party because I was so scared yeah. of being on my own. And I was wearing horrible heels. Oh, I couldn't walk worst. in. I could not walk <laughs> in these heels, hun. I could not walk in them. But I went to the party and I sat down for the entire party with this amazing group of girls. And we had a right laugh. Um, and I made some friends for life and also ended up working with a lot of them. Honestly, they almost go like in full circle because when you first went to that party, I guess you never really thought I'm going to end up working with someone on TV content all those years later. And I think it's interesting that you said about how much you like interviews because I was going through, you've done so many interviews. (laughs) Like I was looking, I was like, wow, she's really done interviews like huge people from like Little Mix, Post Malone, Anne-Marie, obviously backstage at the EMAs as well and stuff. Are you quite hands-on when it comes to doing like prep and stuff for the interviews or are you like a turn up, see what happens person? I, well, a bit of both, but I will, I'm because of, I think coming from Shoreditch and Fubar where I was really hands-on um with my own it was my project so it was like I worked really closely with my producers and they were really supportive but like they were so nourishing of like it being me bringing there so I wrote all my questions all the ideas obviously like my incredible APs and producers supported me and came up with amazing concepts and ideas too it wasn't definitely wasn't all me but I personally go into every interview with at least I just have to know about the person. It's not about necessarily, you know, it being the most organized interview in the world, but I need to know that the person I'm going into that interview with, I'm going to know when they say one thing, I'm going to be able to reference it back to like stuff that they have done or, you know, you can't always know everything about a person. And that's where the kind of make it up as you go along comes in, which I'm also, I do enjoy as well. But for me, I put a lot of work in, a lot of prep into interviews, um, which weirdly means, and this sounds strange, but the more prep that I do, the more I do not look at my questions. I do not, um, I just, I just talk to them because I'm so prepped in my own Mm -hmm. head that I, I just, I, it just flows out naturally. And that has come, by the way, from doing loads of interviews where Practice. I wasn't prepped. Yeah. And I was like, oh, this is horrible. I'm never doing this again. Have you got, have you got any like bad interview experiences you want to talk about? Well, no, <laughs> I, I actually don't remember any really, any ones that, because I interviewed a lot of up and coming artists and I, and on FUBAR, I used to interview, I think between four and six artists a, de- a, a week. So 
every week it was like a lot and i'm sure i remember one guy i definitely pronounced a guy's name wrong and he 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 shouted it out on the on air and i was like um but when i interviewed zach efron for fubar i um that was awkward (laughs) (laughs) i love the Um, that was awkward (laughs) because i he was lovely and um it was a really nice interview and it was with a girl another girl called alexandra um and she was in the film with him and I basically asked him something about snogging. And I think I just took him by surprise. <laughs> and his reaction was like, I remember it so well, because those junkets are so scary. Mm. Um, I don't find them really that scary anymore. A lot of the junkets I'm doing now are on Zoom, which is weird, but actually fine. I look back on that and I'm like, it, I was so scared because it was Zac Efron, like, and this, it, like, it was, it was Baywatch, it was massive. Yeah. And I asked him about, why whether he was good i think it was either whether he was good at snogging yeah it was something about that because he'd snogged the rock in the film and i was like oh the rock said you're a really good kisser like can you give me some tips (laughs) and his face (laughs) he just looked at me like uh and he just went uh and he just did and it ended up being a hilarious clip and an amazing moment but in my head i was like oh my god like this is so awkward. Words come was... back. Why did I say that? Yeah, like no. Do you know what? Even not not even that. I was like, I'm really happy that I'm because in the thing is, in the end, I kind of love those weird moments. Yeah. But 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 for sure, that was definitely a moment where I was like, this has not gone down how I expected it to. I wanted to talk quickly about, I guess, um, rejection, and that that is one of the biggest parts of this whole industry, especially with like radio and TV. You often do a lot of like demos and pilots, and you're like, oh my gosh, this is going to be the one. And I think you said like, you know, when you was like two years into Fubar, you was like, I'm sounding, I'm pretty. I think I'm pretty good right now. And I guess, how, how have you dealt with rejection? Because I know people deal with it quite differently. Some people, they they recoil back. They're like, I'm not going to, I'm never going to radio again. That is it. If I don't get, do you know what I mean? And other people, they yeah. take it in their stride. So wh- wh- how do you deal with rejection? I have had so much rejection that I probably deal with rejection better than I deal with um, getting the job because I've had so much of it. But um, honestly, the, the the support of my friends and family is is huge, and in the past, girlfriends as well. Um, but in honesty, you get to a point where you realise, and you really do realise. If I look at my, if I look back now, um, and I and I look at the things that I didn't get and the jobs that I wasn't given in the run up to getting Kiss, I'm so glad because the way it's gone, like had I got on Kiss earlier than I have, I don't think it would have been a good thing. I think I was ready when I, when I got the job, I was ready. I guess the way I've dealt with it is definitely cried, definitely screamed, definitely been like, which for anyone <laughs> listening was a swear word. Um, but, but also, taken a step out of myself looked at the situation and gone well there's something there is a reason why you haven't got this job Mm. there is a reason why and that reason is going to unfurl itself whether it's in six months two days or two years and you just have to say okay and and for me what I tend to do is go well done to that person who did get the job or or if no one's got the job like 
love to that company. Thanks for even seeing me. Thanks for even thinking of me. Um, and that's how I've got you through it. And, and don't think that I have not screamed and shouted and been livid and been like, why haven't I got it? I'm never going to get anywhere. I'm never going to do it. I've done that a million times, but then I've, I've been like, nah, that's ridiculous. I'm fine. This is good. I need to move on and, and, and work out what the next stage is. And it also puts a fire in you to say, okay, well, there's a reason I haven't got that job. What can I do to, I, I remember I went for a job. I might, I won't talk about where it was or what it, what it was, but it was, um, they, and they asked me a question that was related to who I was as a presenter, like what my, I guess what my niche was or who I was. And I thought I knew, I thought I yeah. knew who I was. I thought I was there. I wasn't at all. And had I not had this, and it was a big deal meeting. And I was like pooping my pants yes. and ended up, it ended up, it was lovely. It was really nice. And they asked this question and I messed it up because I said, oh, I can be, I can kind of do anything. I can kind of do this. I can mm. kind of do this. I can kind of do this. And afterwards, um, I was like, oh, no, that's not who I am. Because for, for a little bit of time, I was kind of pretending, not pretending, I, was, I kind of thought I had to be a more, a less naughty version of myself. I had to be more like, I'm Harriet and I, this is how I, whereas actually I'm naughty, I'm a little bit like, I'm just a bit weird and, and, and I was trying to hide that yeah. with people um, because I thought they wouldn't want to hire me. But actually, I think it's a lot of the time why people, if they're going to hire me, they know I'm weird. Yeah. So they're going to hire me whether or not, you know. So I think it, it got to a point where I had to accept who I was and work out what what I wanted to give to people. So what is the thing that I... I'm trying to bring to every job I have. Why am I being hired in this job, in this role, in this film, in this whatever, in this filming? And and I think that that that's what I learned from rejection is each time taking something, and being like, well, why? Asking the question as well, out of interest. Why did you? Why didn't you want to? Why didn't you want to take me on? Why didn't you want to represent me? Why didn't you want to give me that job? And if they can't, if they can't answer, then just taking what you can from from that opportunity and knowing and just believing in your heart believing that I have to keep doing it because this is the only option in my mind do you know what I thought was really good that what you said at the beginning is that whole thing of keep going especially like I think even like asking asking for feedback why you didn't get something and then take that on board and keep it going like keep moving keep going because if you really really want it that's all you actually can do at this stage is yeah. keep going what changes would you want to see like in the radio and tv industry in the future well, I think I was having a conversation with a friend about this the other day. There's so much to be done in, in our industry, I think. Um, I, I really want to see more diversity, and I think that comes from all areas, um, and it comes also from people in my position talking about it and speaking about it within the walls of the office and within, the, within where we work and how we work and making sure that we're questioning um if if you know for example as a white person am i questioning how diverse it is around me because i am in the privileged position that's something that i really want to make sure i'm doing all the time and i want to check myself so that's that's the change that's the main change i think that i'd love to see more women of course always of course, yeah um and more diverse more diversity 
Um, but again, that's something that I need to work on myself as well. Like how can I help to implement that um, in all areas as well? And, and the other thing that I love about being at KISS is that my team and my management, they actively encourage me to talk about my sexuality, to talk about, openly talk about being gay on the radio, being queer on the radio, and mm. um, talk about socio-political issues, um, talk about things that I feel passionate about um, on on a national radio yeah. station. And, and It's I, needed, though. It's needed because... Uh, I'm so grateful that I can do that, you know? I mean, like, how do you you feel about it in terms of radio? Because I just feel like, for me, that's that's what I'm trying to do now. And I was having a conversation with my mate about it, about how the job is never done. Mm. And so when you relax, it's that, here we go, let's go again, let's ramp it up again. Obviously, it's a little bit tough in the moment because it's pandemic and I don't actually physically see anybody (laughs) um, other than the the core team. But... um, but how do you find it in radio? I think, do you know what it is? I think it's definitely when you're in, when you actually get to certain positions, so like when you do get to whether it's like as a producer or as a presenter, it is then kind of using your, your position of privilege, whether that is, you know, kind of getting to a senior position to speak out on when you're not seeing, I guess, diversity, when you're not seeing representation, when, you, when you're noticing, like, actually, why are people getting paid so shit? <laughs> raising up do you know what i mean because if no one's actually raising it, if everyone's kind of being silent then the stuff is going to just continue as it's kind of been going on for the last however many years a lot has been done but i definitely think there's a lot more to be done as well fingers crossed in like three years time it's it's completely different yeah i totally agree with you i think we just need to keep you know making having those conversations in the workplace in at home everywhere but for me it is something that is like I, I want to keep making sure I keep reminding myself and yeah. don't get complacent about, you know. What advice would you give to your younger self? So like Harriet Rose, at like I don't know, fresh out of uni, fresh out of Goldsmiths, not going to be an actress. What what one piece of advice would you give to yourself? Well, it's mad because uh, it, the journey has taken a little while. Yeah, like it's been a little while, <laughs> but. But the things that I did, I had these weird like mountain moments where, you know, probably each year for the last five, six years, I've done like at least one massive job that I've been like, oh my God, this is the biggest job I've ever done. And I think what I would say to my younger self is, is trust, trust in the path and don't panic about time because time is what as a woman I think especially you it's used as a weapon against us and you know I think we get told I was told I have been told by people you you haven't got time 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 and it is the biggest load of rubbish I have ever heard in my life I don't think I've ever been asked my age or how long I've been doing something or, you know, in the last couple of years at all. Yeah. And I think I would tell myself, trust in the journey because you won't be ready until you're ready. Yeah. 
honestly, what you said about there being like the whole as a woman being rushed for time. Every minute it's always like, oh yeah, you know, when you're younger, it's like when you're gonna get married, have kids. There's, there's a timeline to do everything, and I just think no, like no, don't rush me. It will happen when it's gonna happen. So exactly. let me live my life, please. Exactly, and I think for female presenters, interestingly, it's the the whole thing because I really want to have I really want to have kids. Yeah. But I don't want to have them now because I want to do my job. And I think there's such a pressure. And I think reminding yourself as a woman as well that that it is okay to prioritize you and your job and whatever it is you, whether it is kids, whether it is a family, whether it's whatever, you know, prioritize whatever makes you happy and, you know, just do do you, I think. I think it's so, honestly when you said that it's so true because Tolly she almost ended on the same sort of thing she's talking about you know I want to have I do want to have a family I want to have kids I want to have everything but I'm going to do it in my time and yeah yeah don't rush that. me I love that <laughs> don't rush me I love that and yeah when you do have kids they will be very stressful but throw them poor control <laughs> and they will leave you alone <laughs> Oh my gosh, thanks babe. I need that advice yeah. though. Thank you so much. It's really good to catch up with you. And so lovely. Thanks for yeah, having me on the podcast. No, thank you as well um, for your time and your words of wisdom. Honestly, I think you, you've dropped so many gems as well. So oh, I hope yeah. so. Thank you so much. Good Definitely luck. Thank you, babe. You. Have a lovely weekend, babe. Bye. Bye. i got to say, right, what an absolute legend. Harriet Rose just dropped so many gems, gem upon gem upon gem. And trust me, she is so incredibly relatable as well, right? I was just so pleased I was able to share that with you after such a long time of me sitting on it and me staring at it on my hard drive. (laughs) The moment though that really stood out to me and was a real takeaway was about rejection and just how important it is to use whatever techniques you need to use to overcome that rejection. Trust me, we've all got those stories of rejection. Have a little think about some of your stories of rejection and I would love, if you feel comfortable, for you to share them with us and how you overcame those stories of rejection share them with us on twitter or instagram at the bring in uk or you can drop me an email with a little voice note in the bring in uk at gmail.com and i might put in the show next week as well make sure you're subscribed to our newsletter as well we drop that every single wednesday when the podcast is released make sure you're following us as well and if you have some feedback about the podcast please let me know leave us a review on apple podcasts and of course subscribe and share with your mates as well this is the second episode of the bring in is created, edited, researched, voiced entirely by myself, Camilla Rose. The soundtrack music was created by the incredible Cascade and branding by Blake DBS. Thank you so much. Have an incredible day and I'll see you soon. Bye.